last week we talked a little bit about ideally real and the difference in, 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 uh, between what might be reality or what we might see in our life as real and, and what we see or read in the Word, what we know God has promised us in our heart and, and what we have set up maybe to be the goal or the vision or the ideal in our life. And, and the way we talked about it or showed it on the stage anyway was on this side on your left would be like that real side and on the right side would be like that ideal. And we said in the middle of all of that, there, there's tension. I mean, you're going, you're going through stuff. When you, when you come out of something that God has brought you out of, when, when, you're, when you're in the midst of this Christian walk, you know, we're not alone. God is with us. We know that. But I also shared a little bit about some stories of different folks. Maybe Gideon, you know, was a great example of people in the word. Paul, we used a lot of his scriptures, talked about a lot of the things that he shared about in the New Testament. There is a, there is a fight. There is a war that goes on, and there is tension in the middle of this. But realize that if we, like it says in Philippians, press on toward the heavenly prize. It didn't say that I just receive it and I sit back in my lawn chair and just relax in the sun and enjoy myself. It says I actually have to let go of the past in Philippians chapter 3 and grab hold of or take hold of that ideal, that goal, the promise of God, the word of God for your life. And I press on toward that thing. That there's tension in the middle and that if we can learn to live in that tension, if we can learn to live in this place well, we're going to enjoy our journey. But we're going to have to learn to live well in the middle of that. Too many of us either give up and say, well, just forget it. This is the way it's always going to be. It's always going to be a mess. It's always going to be a disaster. I'm just going to go over here and sit in it. And you know what? When Jesus comes, things are going to be okay. Other people have this attitude and this idea that say, you know what? If all of that would happen, if all of my 18 things on my list were to go right, Sometimes it's not 18, sometimes it's one. Sometimes we say, you know what, if this one thing was okay, if my kids were okay, if my husband didn't act up, if my wife was not just all of a sudden out there somewhere, if my job would turn around, if my boss would get his act right, I'll be okay. Nope. That's not the situation. We need to be those three things, right? Happy, content, and okay. The scripture that we read last week was Philippians 3. Not that I have already, Paul said, attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, it says, I do not count myself as too apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14 says, I press toward the goal for the prize. I press toward the goal for the prize. There's a prize. And the prize just isn't eternal life and getting to go and be with Jesus in the end. The prize is that abundant life that Jesus promises us in John 10.10. 10. I think many times as believers, now listen, we do things because we love God. But let me tell you what, because you love God and he loves you, there's a prize. At the end of this box of Cracker Jacks that is your life, there's going to be a prize, and it's going to be better than some bad fake tattoo. I mean, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be a good prize, and it's something worth going after. Whether in your life that prize is 
peace, whether in that life it's joy, whether in that life it's abundance financially, whether it's a healing, whatever it is in your life that you see on this side that's ideal, don't stop pressing toward that thing because that thing is a prize. I said in one of the other services last week, you don't win the race and they give you a bag of dog poop. You win the race and they give you a trophy. You win the race and they give you money. You win the race and everybody cheers and you get accolades and there is something at the end of that thing when you win, but not when you don't. The winner receives the prize. And in your life, you're a winner. And in your life, in your race, there's a prize. Well, what if somebody else wins? Nope, that prize is for you. The race that God has for you to run We're all running a race, but in this race, you're racing against yourself. You're not racing against me. You're not racing against Pastor Bill. You're not racing against someone else. You're not racing against your spouse. You're not racing against your friends. You're racing this race against yourself. So in your race, well, first turn to Paul, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. This is, this is where we start today, maybe, as we go. But it says, do you not know, in verse 24, that there, in a race, all runners are running, but only one gets the prize? I looked, I've always looked at that and thought, well, that's, that's not fair. I mean, there's a whole bunch of us in church. So only one of you is going to win the prize. Nope. As I began to ask God about that, he began to show me that, you know what, we're all running a race. And we're not running against each other We're running against ourselves. And so in this race, there is a prize. And one receives it. Who? The one who finishes the race. That as we go from a real world into this ideal, whatever that thing is for you, and we said it's going to be periodic. It's going to change over time. Because we have attained something. Paul said, I am not calling myself perfected, but he is saying, I have gotten better. He said, I haven't attained everything yet but i am attaining as i go we don't run a race and go sit down this race we say sometimes is not a sprint it's a marathon i understand that but marathons end too and then there's another race and another race and another race i read a story uh, yesterday or maybe the day before about a guy who ran get this he ran a marathon in 50 days in 50 states like every, every, like every day, that, that's a lot. But at the end of those races, there was if he wins that race, there's a prize. Whether it was 50 in a row, whether it was six races over the time, whatever that was. He runs in this death, this, this death valley, crazy, gonna kill you, 135 mile race that starts 600 feet below sea level and ends at 8,000 feet above sea level. They do it in Death Valley where it's like 110. They run, <laughs> it's so hot that their shoes melt when they run. That They have to change shoes because the pavement gets so hot. And it says he's run it like, I don't know because I, I didn't even, but he ran it like I think seven times or something. And it says he finally won, or maybe he ran it like 10 or 13 times. He finally won on his seventh try. (laughs) Time went 135 miles. 
and he finally won on his seventh. Oh, good for him. You should be put away for running that seven times. But there's something to be learned in that. See, there's something on the inside of that guy that says, you know what, I know at the end of, there is something on the inside of him that won't let him stop, that he keeps going. You may find yourself in a whole bunch of different situations. One of them may be you have run, you have attained, and you got a prize, and then you disappeared off the, off the planet spiritually. A lot of people got to something. They res- Do you know people like that? They got, they got into the Word, something in their life changed. They began to believe God, and they saw that thing, and maybe it was that boat, and all of a sudden they got their boat, and then they never showed up at church again because God blessed them with that boat. But I prayed for this. I had faith for this. I trusted God for this. I had somebody ask me this year if I wanted to play in the city tournament, the golf tournament. I said, oh, ho, ho, I do. I'd love to do that. But that's not going to look good when Pastor John's in three weeks on Sundays. He's out playing golf, and I'm in the paper playing. That, I can't, I, see, I can't do that. Can I? Do you care? I'll, I'll videotape the message. We'll put up the big screen in here. And I can't allow the... See, I can't attain in that place and then not, not keep going. There is a continuation once you reach that place. Paul says, as he goes on here, sorry, he says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. That's, that's the gist of the message today. Will you run in such a way as to get the prize? We all want the prize, but will we run in such a way that we may obtain it. In your life, I mean, you know the things that you have attained and the things you haven't attained, and then the things where you haven't attained, are you running in such a way as to attain them? Are you living according to the word? Well, the times are tough. Times are tough for all of us. We all stand in this tension. you're You're not alone. I will tell you this. If your road isn't full of twists and turns and potholes and dangers and trouble and turmoil and stress and those things, you might be on the wrong road. If you're on the straight and narrow, boring, going through the desert, that's all. See, if you're doing that, that might not be. I'm telling you, the enemy doesn't like you. And the road that you're on, if there aren't bombs going off and things happening and the dog biting the kid and the chairs falling apart, if things aren't happening in your life, I would ask you, are you really following the plan and the will and the word of God in your life? You say, well, why would you say that? Because the enemy hates you. And he does not want you to attain this ideal, this prize, this thing in your life that you're going after. He doesn't want you to attain that. So he will do everything in his power to stop you from doing that. And if you are just on this slow progress toward that thing and nothing's happening in your life, I would say, really? I want to trade lives. How many of you would not, you know, you'd like to have a little boring, slow, just kind of go through the day, everything's all right, just, hey, man, we're just going toward it. <laughs> You're going to end up someplace not, not so good. He goes on and says, everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. Everyone who competes goes into strict training. 
So if you're going to run in such a way as to attain the prize, if you're going to deal with this tension that's in between what is real in your life and the ideal or the thing that God has for you, if you're going to live in this place well and be happy, content, and okay, you're going to have to train in such a way as to be able to run the race to attain it. I think many of us have said, well, I've, I've, I've trained. Well, listen, I've run three many marathons, and I've run hundreds and hundreds of miles. I have trained, but that was a long time ago. See, because I trained for, I mean, I, I was to the point where I could run 13 miles at a seven-minute, like, 45-second pace or 50-second pace. Under eight minutes for 13 miles, just, just, just go. All, I mean, that was, that was not a problem. Stopped in and, and, and about five minutes, had my breath back, was eating <laughs> co- cookies <laughs> and bananas and stuff, and just enjoying myself at the park watching people finish the race. It was no big deal. See, I had trained. But today now, that was like 2001, 2, and 3 maybe, or 2, 3, and 4, somewhere in there, where we were doing that. Today's a different story. I, I could go out and I could, I could say, I'm going to go run this mini marathon because I have trained for it. What I'm not going to tell you is, yeah, I trained for it t- 10 years ago. <laughs> On Tuesday last week, I ran a mile. It was ouch. I wanted to stop after a tenth. I wanted to stop after a quarter. I wanted to stop after. I ran a whole mile. See, now, I could, could I, could I, can I, see, can I do what God wants me to do? I trained, for, I graduated from VBI 12 years ago. Well, what have you done for the last 12 years? Because you can be spiritually just as out of shape and in trouble. Well, I've come to church every week since then. Well, fantastic. Yes, you need to know the word and you need to know God's plan, but we as a people are really spoiled. We don't necessarily Go into strict training. We like to say, well, I have gotten to this place in my life where I can, I don't have to do that anymore. Why not? Paul did. So I ran this fantastic mile. I like to call it the miracle mile. It's great. I was struggling. I mean, I was using all my song things. I even went to a little GNR, Joe. I was doing some Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle. That always gets me through at least like, you know, maybe you're not a GNR fan, but I mean, that, you know, you start, man, you, ah, it was a, it's a live version of Guns N' Roses. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, do you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby. And I'm like, it's time to die. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Come on, Axel, bring me through. I mean, I was, I'd gone through all my praise stuff. I mean, it. This mile took me 12 and a half minutes. I can, no lie, I can walk one in 14. When I was all done, I said, I can walk that. And barely be, I can walk that in 14 minutes. Yet here I am having to put on all my song, my get you going to the, you know, get you there song. I was playing them all, man. I'd, I'd, and, I, you know, there's only so long, you know, then you got to go to that next one. I, Twelve and a half. Twelve and a half minutes. One mile. But I've trained. I trained. I ran lots and lots and lots of miles. 
I was in strict training. I only ate certain things, and I ran all the time, and I was at the gym all the time, and I was pushing toward the goal 12 years ago. It says they do it to get a crown that will not last. I have all three of my medals from those three many marathons. So I didn't win. You know, it's, it's, just, it's absolutely discouraging. You're at the Indianapolis 500 track. That's like halfway. You get to run a mile on that thing. And you get to see the Kenyans finishing <laughs> in Indianapolis downtown. It's, hey, that guy's, they got a big screen set up so you can watch the finish of this guy <laughs> blasting through the tape. And you're like, I got six miles to go. Anyway, verse 26 says, Therefore I do not run like somebody running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. See, I don't don't just run aimlessly in circles. There, There was a goal. Even on Tuesday, when I was at the gym, I mean, there was a goal. Hey, hey buddy, you're going you're gonna to run a mile. But I should be able to do better than that. See? Well, you're not, you're not at that point right now. You will be. I went and sat down with Elizabeth afterwards and at Starbucks, and she said, how'd you work out? I go, fine. It's all right. I ran a mile. <laughs> oh, that's good. In 1230. <laughs> See, the enemy will begin to tell you, well, you should know better. Well, you know what? Today is where we are. Yeah, maybe I should have. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have stopped. Yeah, maybe I should have kept training and headed toward that thing. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have gotten to that ideal and just parked it. Maybe I should have kept going. Maybe I should have tried the marathon. My buddy did. My buddy went and did the Chicago Marathon. But you know what? I was like, yeah, you know, I'm all right. See, spiritually, when you stop growing, when you stop trying to attain, when you take yourself out of strict training, you get into trouble. And then this tension or this turmoil, this place that you find yourself between reality and ideal really becomes difficult because now you're, not, you're, now you're not doing it in the spirit, you're doing it in the flesh. And you're trying to attain, you're trying to go after something, but you're not doing what it takes to get there. Well, I shouldn't have to do that. I've been saved for 40 years. I've been saved a long time. I graduated from Bible school. Well, so what? Good for you. Pat you on the head, give you a cookie. Good for you. But what have you done for me lately? I mean, this, this, is a, this is a good word, too. It's encouraging. It says, run in such a way as to get the prize. There is a prize. David won a prize. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 25. We talked about David, and we said sometimes you've got to fight. But, but I'll, I'll tell you this. There was a prize involved. the people who were around him came to him and told him in that time, do you know what the king's going to do for the guy who kills Goliath? He's going to give him tons of cash, going to give him his daughter, and then your whole family's going to be exempt from 
taxes. Woohoo! Mama, there's a prize. Hebrews 12.2 says, Jesus went to the cross with joy that was set before him. There was a prize. Who was the prize? You. Me. We were a prize. There was a prize for him as he continued through that very difficult time. Very difficult season, even to the point where he said, I'm not sure if I really want to do this or not. Well, how do you say? Well, he said in the garden, if there is another way, I, I, I'd like I'd like to to listen. I mean, if there's another opportunity, another chance, another choice, I'd sure like to do it because in the middle of this thing, it's crushing me. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You're the reward. There are four things here that, that really God just gave me. and I'll just share them with you real quick. To running in such a way as to get the prize. One, you've got to know your direction. Where are you going? Yogi Berra said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably end up somewhere else. Do you know where you're going? I, I, have, I have routes you know, I mean, I have places. I know how many miles is this many. I know how far is this many. I know how far to go this way. You know, we've, we've, we've trekked them out. I, I know we've driven them. We, when we did the long runs, the 13s and 14-mile runs, we would drive those routes beforehand and drop water bottles at certain places. I mean, we knew where we were going. Do you know where you're going? He said, I, I, I don't run. Paul said, I don't run aimlessly. There's a target. There's a goal. There's a direction. And there is for you in your life too, or else you wouldn't be discouraged. You wouldn't get disappointed, and you wouldn't end up in a place where, where, where you're starting to be depressed in your life in the middle of this tension if you didn't have something you were going for. Now get, get the map, get the plan, get the direction, get the stuff. Find out what God has for you. Begin to go that direction. So you're disappointed because you, you have an ideal. You know what it's like real. You know what you see every day when you wake up. You know what your kids are like. You know what your job's like. You know what your situation is. You know what you want. You know what maybe God's promised you, what he's shown you in his word and what he said to you. Well, the problem is you haven't attained that yet. Well, keep running because if you don't stop running the race that God has called you to, you will win the prize. But I don't like to run this long. 13.2 miles is a long time. Yeah, it is. And I wanted to quit every step of the race, every time, even when I was in great shape. But you've heard this. You know what? You know, when you go down and run these kind of races, it, it, at this race, at the mini marathon in Indy, there are people that line, other than the track, people that line the entire route. There are people. City, you run through neighborhoods and stuff. They're all on the side of the road. And you know what they're doing? They're cheering you on. Sometimes you get more attention than what you want. When you really look bad, they'll kind of come alongside you and really cheer you up. I know that because I've done that. But they'll say, what's your name? I don't know. <laughs> John. And they'll, they'll, you know what they do then? They run beside you. Come on, John, you can do it, buddy. Come on, they're clapping for you. Now, what does it say in, in Hebrews in chapter 12? We're surrounded by such a great what? 
cloud of witnesses that are doing what? Cheering us on. Where? In the middle of this. You got to know your direction. You are being cheered on. He says, don't fight like the fighter. Just. You ever seen little kids with pinatas? As they take out your car window or they, they hit you. You know, you've seen America's Funniest Home Videos. They hit you in places you don't want to be hit. And it's why everybody else laughs but you. It's hard enough to hit this target that's moving all over the place. But what about when you're blindfolds on? Your target's not moving. He hasn't changed it. It's the same target that it's been. You're not blindfolded. You have the Holy Spirit alive on the inside of you. The second thing is you must be led by the Holy Spirit. No lust of the flesh. It says that you run away. You run in such a way, it says at the end of this, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I will not be disqualified for the prize. Flesh is a disqualifier. And it's a killer. But the Spirit is also, in your life, a destroyer. It destroys the works of the enemy. Flesh destroys you. Spirit destroys the works of the enemy. So if you can walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, but you'll perform and live and see flourished in your life the fruits of the spirit. There is no guilt. There is no condemnation. Like when I get off that thing on that Tuesday night and say, man, I feel really bad about myself because you know what? I should have done better. I should have known better. Oh, how far the righteous have fallen. I almost died running a 12 and a half minute mile after I could have. See, don't let the devil tell you that. Walk in the spirit. I had to change my perspective on that. I had to say, I ran a mile and didn't die. I thought I was going to for 12 minutes and 15 seconds. The last 15, you're really pumping it on, right? Because you feel good, energy. Just change your perspective. Don't, don't, Romans 8, 1. There's no condemnation to those who walk in the spirit and not the flesh. Spirit will bust that guilt, that condemnation, those things off your life. The third thing is measure yourself against the word, not other folks. Measure yourself against the word, not where you think you should be today. That's not fair. See, many times we measure ourselves like, you know what? I start getting down in the dumps and I look at this 12-minute mile and I think, well, that's terrible. I have fallen so far. How about you didn't die and you're on your way back? See, how about, see, in the midst of it, I thought my legs were going to, really, I thought I was going to die. I thought my legs were going to break. I really, I I was was thinking, you know, I'm not sure my ankles can carry this weight. (laughs) My body is not built to carry this load. <laughs> hmm. See, and, I, and I could have begun to think about all of those things. I could have measured myself against. who. That's just the tendency that we have to measure ourselves against who we were or to measure myself against somebody who used to be in my situation who isn't anymore or measure myself against who I want to be. Yeah, that 12 and a half isn't very good because I want to run 10. Well, let me tell you what, in this tension that is between reality and idea, you're, you're going to go from 12 and a half to 10 to 9. To, you're going to have to work that way. Well, I didn't run the first day 13 miles. I'd never run before. I started with one. The journey of 1,000 miles starts with one step. 
I went out and ran one mile. And then as soon as I got to a point where I felt like I was, I was ready to go, I went to two miles, and then I went to two and a half, and then I went to three, and then I went to three and a half. And those were usually half-mile increments over two-week periods. And I am telling you what, for the first two and a half, I thought I was going to die just as much as I did the first mile. And then even when I got to 10 and I stretched it to 10 and a half, that, that half a mile from 10 to 10 and a half, I thought I was going to die just as much. I worried about that last half mile for nine miles. But it was just as, see, we think that as believers who have been saved, especially this group for a long time, we think that in this tension, we should have it licked and we should have it whooped. Paul said, I do not come to you as someone who has obtained. I do not come to you as somebody who has been perfected already. I am being perfected and I am in the midst of attaining again and again and again. But in the midst of this, I am going for the prize and I will not run aimlessly. I will not beat the air as the boxer who's just fighting no one. I will, I will strictly discipline my walk and my life. And he said, I will actually strike a blow to my body so that I will not become disqualified. Somebody who understands. Fight after fight after fight. You compare yourself to the word, what God says about you. Have patience. Have patience, have patience. Don't be in such a hurry when you get impatient. You often start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too. And think of all the times when others have to wait on you. Did you not watch the music machine when you were? Uh, isn't that what it was, the music machine? Raise a child in the, in the word. As they get old, they will still stay crazy. And the weirdest things will stick. When you measure yourself against other things, other people, other stuff, ideals, you become agitated. You become frustrated and you get anxious. Be careful. The fourth thing is you got to run. Because you can't win a race, you're not running. Come on now, there's, there's a race. There's stuff. You're in the midst of a fight. We all live in the middle of this real and reality, this reality and ideal. and all. We, we all live in this tension. We all live in this stuff. Keep running. We have screwed up the world. We've, we've screwed up a whole generation of kids because we've given them a trophy for participating. That wasn't, that wasn't most of your generation. That was my group. A bunch of idiots. Not me, man. I get ticked. I throw that trophy out the window on the way home. You didn't win anything. <laughs> That's true. I mean, we laugh. And I know, see, some of you are already going like, whoa. Hey, it takes away your desire. Not in everybody, but in many. That takes a, there, the, Craig Rochelle tells a story about his son who came home, and I've shared this before, I think, but, but his, his son was on this football team, and they're like 0 and 10. He said, they were, they, they, we, they, I, we were scared they were all going to get killed. They were that bad. He said, they had no business in pads. They, had no, they were all gifted and talented in something, but it wasn't football. <laughs> and he said, after the last game, they, the kid came to him with his little trophy. Owen oh, 10 got a trophy. And I love you, and I want to encourage you, but I'm not giving you a trophy at Owen oh, 10. You're going to win. 
But he came to his dad and he said, you know, we all, I think next year, I think next year we're going to win the championship. And he said, no, son, you're terrible. You, you should not play football. And I know that's a little harsh, and I know sometimes we think, oh, that's really harsh. But am I going to set my kid up? See, we got too many believers in the church today who think because I come to church, because I read the Word, and because I've been here and I've listened to Pastor Bill's sermons, that I've been through VBI, that I should be living over in this other place. No, you haven't done the work. Not you. You guys have all done it. This is the other services. I'm warming up. <laughs> See, you want a participation trophy. Those are useless. Even the kids know. Right? You're trying to tell your kid how important this trophy is that they got for showing up. Most of the kids say, I don't want that. Why? I didn't win. He who runs the race and does not quit will win the prize. There is a prize attached to your race. And you're running against yourself. And will you run your race? See, will you run your way, your race in a way that you can attain it? Church is not unlike rec soccer. You can't go out and start proclaiming the things that I'm proclaiming in this place and not be living the life that he called you to. See, we want this participation power. We want this participation trophy in our life that says, I can, just, I can just say it like Pastor Bill always did. Well, you're not living it like Pastor Bill was living it. It don't work. Well, the Bible says he's no respecter of persons. Right to the guy who's running the race. Without works, what do you got? You just got tension that's going to crush you. But with your works, it perfects your faith, and that busts through that tension. That allows you to hold on to that idea. If you go to Acts chapter 17, we don't have tire 19 in the morning, but the seven sons of Sceva, they thought that was pretty cool what Paul was doing. It said Paul was doing incredible works. And so they thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to say what he said. Participation trophy. And you know what happened? Those, those demons rose up and whooped the dudes. Hey, 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 Paul, I get. Paul, I know. Jesus, yeah, I get him. But who are you? Now turn that around. Who are you? When you can set up and say, I'm a child of God. I'm living according to his word. I am attaining and pressing toward the goal of the prize. I am pushing through adversity to receive all that God has granted me. Ah. Now you're starting to win the prize. Careful. Careful. Encourage the young people in your life to be strong in the Lord. I didn't like the way my daughter practiced golf. But when she practiced, we practiced hard. Why? Because we were going to win. Kids get it. Well, we're not as good as that team. Well, well, we need to work like them, but they practice all the time. Well, okay. Never mind. I try to say, hey, look at these Jeff girls. Look at the way they practice. Look at the way they work. They're out here all the time. 
I want to get my nails done. I got to take a nap. I'm tired, Daddy. I, anyway, chase her around with a four iron. Listen to me, little redhead. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be a trophy given out. See, and at the end of the day, they're crying because they knew they could have done better. They knew they should have worked. See, at the end of the race, don't, I'm just, I'm just being honest. At the end of the race, don't be like my daughter. She's not here yet. She'll be here later. You're not here, are you, Rach? Don't be like my daughter. Crying for the last nine holes. Sad that it's over, but sad because she didn't apply herself the way she thought she should have. And at the end of that race, there was no prize. There was love. We hugged her, and we told her she was special, and we told her, why? you know what? Tomorrow's going to be the best day. Tomorrow's going to be the greatest day. Next year's going to be the best year. You're going to be all God called you to be. But come on, I ain't getting you some trophy. Well, that's harsh. Well, she's doing pretty darn good right now. But it's the hardest life she's ever had to live. Don't stop running the race to attain the prize. Run it to win it. You all are winning. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.